Broadcasting to you live from the Badlands of Texas, all the way from Southern Australia to Northern Ireland, it is time to shart the show. I'm your host, Jerry Adams. You are listening to Midnight Radio. Hello, everybody. It's a very special day today. We're going to interview David Crow. Unfortunately, David Crow can't be with us. He will be with us on the 30th when he was scheduled to actually have his interview. Apparently, there was a crisscrossed email between his publicist, uh, our booker, and myself. So, let's just chart the show. I still got other stuff to talk about, all right? This is just a warm-up. Had this actually been David Crow, then we would have gone into an interview about his book, Pelled Face Lie. This gives you plenty of an opportunity to read the book before he gets here. One of the best books I've ever read. He's actually one of my favorite authors, and I'm glad to have him on the show. And the reason why is because of how honest he is with his writing. His book wouldn't have had any effect if he wasn't honest. He's the most honest writer. His words on the page are more honest than anything I've ever read, even to his own detriment. And this is what I'm teaching our writers, and it is one hell of a book. But we're not going to talk about that today. We'll save that later. Although if he does come in like, you know, a few minutes later, no one will be more surprised than me. But speaking about no one being more surprised than me, there's almost nobody more surprised than me than us having any news about Cole Berger. But we do. Shocking the hell out of me. So uh, let's go ahead and play that. And, uh, I'll tell you what, and I got more that News Nation is maybe going to be in some trouble, maybe maybe in some Murdoch trouble coming up after this, but, and I wish it was Ashley, but it's not. It's just like, maybe Ashley got suspended because they just have this new dude that looks like it's his first day on the job here. Let's check this out. Here to talk more about it, retired FBI special agent, News Nation law and justice contributor, Jennifer Coffendaffer. Hi. I bet Coffendaffer. I bet Coffin-Daffer would uh, definitely take over Ashley's position if she was asked. What do you think? Hi, Jennifer. Hi, how are you doing this evening? Doing all right, doing all right. Thanks for joining us. Um, so if we can, let's tee up that sound bite because we hear from uh, the neighbor, Brian Koberger, uh, just days after the alleged killing. And, and, and sort of here's how he describes the interaction that he had. Watch here. He was like, yeah, it seems like they don't have any leads. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's not much about it, you know? There's nothing, I have no details really to say. <laughs> but yeah, and then he's like, yeah, it seems like they think it was a crime of passion. All right, so a couple different things there. Uh, what do you make of it, one, that he said there's no leads, but then two, that he also had a description about it, saying it was a crime of passion? Well, he definitely, it would seem to me, said something to try to sort of distract from the reality of what was really happening. Uh, there obviously were leads. Uh, we had uh, vehicle descriptions. Uh, there was video surveillance. Uh, there was a lot of information that was out there. And then also regarding the crime of passion, uh, remember uh this, there was no information regarding that. That was strictly something that I believe he said to distract from the truth. So is this something that prosecutors could potentially use um, in an eventual case? 
No. Possibly. I think that the other Dumbass. information they have, There's though, is here. There's no information. The are so strong that this is such a small tidbit. It really won't be an important part of the case. So why are you even uh, talking about it? What's going to be important is that physical hell, evidence putting him there at the crime, the talking? DNA. Well, no shit. going to be the this focus of news? what the prosecutor presents. Good God almighty. Um, we're also learning about his, uh, Koberger, um, sort of his life existence. Um, sources telling us, uh, telling News Nation about the jail that he's in, that he's in, in one of 17, one of 17 people there. Uh, he's not allowed to interact with the other inmates, um, but he is allowed to sit with others. Um, what, what do you make of it, sort of his, his the situation does that there mean? inside whoa, 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 the jail, whoa. right? He's not allowed to talk to anybody else, but he's allowed to sit with others. What the hell does that mean? And why can't he talk to other people? Seriously, guys, why can't he talk to other people? That's one of the ways all the time that they get murderers that haven't confessed to confess. They confess to their bunkmates. They confess to the other people at the prison, at the jail in this case. So who doesn't want him to talk? Is this the state that doesn't want him to talk or is it his own lawyers? What the hell is going on here? And, and how can he sit by him but not talk by him? Or not talk to him right now. Well, he has a pretty good situation, all things being considered. He has. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Let's be serious he can here. Use, he can have outside communication. He apparently, according to reporting, has his own television. And yeah. What, what, what is what is that all about? I like I, when I read that, I was like, what? Like, like, what's that all about? Um, you, you know, like, he, he's gosh. accused of brutally killing four people, and and he has cable television and is allowed to, to, to demand which channel he wants. I think, when, certainly when I read it, and I think when most people would hear that, they would say, what on earth is that? The fact that he even has to watch cable TV. I mean, that's, well, hey, that's no picnic. Uh, this shouldn't be, be too surprising, at least for those that are in law enforcement. Anytime I went and visited a jail, even prisons, uh, they have cable and they do it for distraction. They do it for entertainment of the inmates. I know originally when I first went to prison and found that out, I myself was appalled. But uh, essentially it's what they use to really keep the inmates under control and distracted and entertained. We're also told um, that he is following the news coverage of himself. Um, what, what, what to make of that when you look at the whole picture of, of Brian Koberger and, and everything that we know about him. Well, to make of that, this has been, this is a brand new story within the last two days. And I heard this last week. Well, case. it makes a lot of sense. I think for anyone, if anyone had been charged with a crime, uh, whether they did or did not commit it, they would be glued to the information that they could get from it. So that made a lot of sense to me. I would be, if I were in his shoes, I would be having the television on. I would be looking at all the newsreels. I want to know what I don't people think... are saying about me and what evidence they have. Is News Nation, is it even a cable news channel? I mean, I know I can get it on the old Roku and the smart TV and all that, but is it actually a news channel? So I can counter that. Um, and we're also learning uh, that he hasn't really sought out any sort of mental health services or, or help that's there. Um, what do you what do you make of Brian Coburn you know, sort of keeping sort of any sort of mental? From from what I know about going to jail, I mean, I didn't hear there being actually mental health services. You know, and from what we've seen, he's not 
been under mental health care up and up leading to this. He doesn't claim he needs mental health care. Um, people think he's crazy. People, I've, you know, we had people in here that were saying, if you murder, you're crazy. No, some people talk themselves into murdering. I'm convinced some people murder whether they're crazy or not. I mean, I can prove that. You know, you have police officers that murder people. And I know you're going to disagree with me at first. You also have soldiers that murder people. And you say, well, they're they're within the law. They're doing what they have to do. But it's the same thing. They're convinced when someone pulls that trigger, whatever side of the law they're on there, they're, con- they're convinced that they're doing the right thing. They convince themselves. Just because you can convince yourself, whether you're going by the laws of the state, the laws and regulations of the state of Texas, or the laws and regulations of the United States military, and you kill yourself, you believe that those rules are true. It's the same thing for someone that murders outside of you know jurisdiction. They're doing it under their own. They've convinced themselves, but does that mean they're crazy? Does that mean they need mental health? Does that mean that they deserve to watch the prices right? Well, health uh, at arm's length. I don't know. So many well, questions. Two things. First, maybe he truly doesn't feel like there is anything wrong with him. We know from his previous writings uh, that it would appear he does have some issues, visual snow and other issues he's discussed. So from that standpoint, it's a little surprising. Secondarily, he probably knows, being a criminology PhD, that in Idaho, uh, there is no excuse under the law regarding uh, your mental status, except for to help with sentencing. So this would give you two reasons why he hasn't possibly sought any mental uh, health services there. Interesting, and we will stay on top of it, of course, here at News Nation. And if he did seek mental health services, would they actually know? Wouldn't there be a patient privacy issue there? Or now that you're an inmate or a prisoner, one of the incarcerated, does it not matter anymore? Is that something that News Nation would know? And by golly, if they don't know about it, they're going to make it up. All right. Before I go... Any further here, I want to thank our producers for the show. I want to thank our producers very much. It's very important. If we didn't have producers, we couldn't do the show. We got some great shows lined up for you. We got some great interviews lined up for you. And by golly, they're going to come one of these days. This was just a trial. This was just a test. I'd like to thank our executive producer, Annabelle Stealth. Thank you very much. We, and we also have, as an executive producer, Lady Lisa always helping. Thank you very much. Producer Shell, producer Joe, and everybody's favorite, Alpha, Alpha David. Thank you very much, guys. If you'd like to be an executive producer for the show, you can do a super sticker, a super thanks, or a, what do they call those things? It's been such a long time. Uh, Cash app. Yeah, yeah. Cash app. $20 or more, any of that that helps keep our radio station on the air. It keeps me coming here, talking with you about the news, bringing you interviews, entertainment, everything like that, or anything below 20 is makes you a producer. We thank you very much. We appreciate all the support we get. Thank you all for being here very much. Moving on to our next story here. And it's the same guy. 
I was shocked. I'm like, did did I duplicate this? No, it's the same. It's the same dude. Well, family known to the Murdochs is pushing for an independent autopsy after their son died nearly eight years ago. The family. We got a statement from Buster right after this, straight from Brian Inton. He gave it to me. That's right. Be Laura. We have Stephen Smith announcing that his body is set to be exhumed after raising enough money through a GoFundMe page for that process and an independent autopsy. Smith's death back in 2015 was ruled then as a hit and run after he was found dead in the middle of the road, not far from the Murdoch's, uh, one of their properties. Authorities reopened the investigation in 2021 after uncovering information while investigating the deaths of Murdoch's wife and son. A recently released documentary on Netflix suggests that Smith and Murdoch's oldest son, Buster, were romantically involved, according to that documentary. That seems so ridiculous to me. They're going to open up this investigation because of a Netflix documentary. I realize this happened in the past, but in the past it was some very compelling evidence if you're talking about uh, making a murderer. This, just saying that somebody was homosexual with someone else that was murdered? From what I've seen of that before, I mean, the whole thing, thing seemed preposterous, but we have more about that coming up. Joining us now to talk about this, Jennifer Coffendaffer, retired FBI special agent. She was still there. Law and justice contributor. Jennifer, thanks for coming back. You bet. Good evening. Yep. Um, so this Stephen Smith was, was 19. He was killed in what was described in 2015 as a hit and run. Uh, obviously, one of the worst things uh, for a parent is this. A hit and run. So what is a hit and run? You're out somewhere on foot. I mean, you could also have been on a bicycle or a skateboard. Somebody hits you, and they're gone. They don't know who it was. There's apparently no evidence whatsoever. Now, I knew someone that was involved in a hit and run one time, and, well, they hit something, and they got their vehicle fixed the next day really fast, some really emergency-type repairs on the vehicle. Now, this wasn't a, a hit and run where somebody was killed. This a person wasn't struck. This was uh, they hit in, uh, another vehicle, I think. But they got it fixed. Therefore, the police went and they checked their vehicle, and it was it was not in disrepair. They got away with it. So I was wondering if there was some big amount of money. If somebody like Buster, or somebody involved in the Murdoch's. The Murdochs could, you know, get something fixed to where, you know, there would be no evidence that there was a hit and run that they're involved with. See the death of their child. Maybe coffin death, the, we can tell the, us. the Murdoch case in 2021 comes about, and now this family wants their child's body to be exhumed. And it's going to happen because of GoFundMe funds. I just looked at it, like $55,000 that have been raised. But, Walk us through this, because I'm, I'm guessing it's not normal for an, a body to be exhumed. What, how, how does this happen, um, and what could you potentially learn from it? Well, it is unusual, and remember, uh, SLED, who has reopened an investigation, they could also exhume it uh, to help them in their uh, work. However, this is going to be done independently, as requested by the family. They want independent eyes to look at this. And forensic anthropologists can look at bodies this old, uh, and depending on the embalming process, on the decomposition state, they're going to probably be able to make some 
determination as to what truly happened. We know that there was blunt force trauma to the head, but it was unusual uh, that there was no other trauma, at least reported. Uh, shoes were on. Uh, there were just many things that made no sense. Again, only about 15 miles from Moselle. The wow. uh, mother of Stephen Smith, when she posted the GoFundMe account, wrote the... Excuse me, I got the schnizzish. Only, only 15 miles? That's a long way, 15 miles. Seriously. That could be a long, only 15, 20, 50, only 100 miles. 15. I mean, if you say two or one or three, and you'll go like, okay, well, that's kind of close. 15, no. No, no, no. The following, she said, quote, we need a new unbiased look at his body and an accurate determination of his cause of death based on facts. She says there was no debris in the road and his injuries were not consistent with a hit and run. You're saying it's possible. Uh... All right, so I'm looking at this. Who, let me put that up big screen. We need a new, who, who put that? So this is money for an autopsy, independently funded. We need a new unbiased look at his body and an accurate determination of his cause of death based on facts. There was no debris in the road, and his injuries were not consistent with the hit and run. Interesting. Um, that when this body is exhumed, if it wasn't a hit and run, um, that maybe uh, authorities or whoever uh, takes a look at this could say, well, if it wasn't a hit and run, it was something else. Like, could they point to the exact cause? Well, I don't know if they'll be able to point to the exact cause, but they'll be, be able to look at it and see if it truly was consistent with a hit and run, with being struck by a vehicle, as opposed to blunt force trauma to the head caused by something else, not a vehicle. Remember, this uh, ME said that he was hit, or struck by the rear view mirror, the side view mirror of a vehicle. So that's going to be something that is very unique to make that mm-hmm. allegation and very precise. And if there's if there's something that's potentially there, what would come next? Oh no! From an investigation uh, point of view, I did not want to see that well, man with the shirt off. Uh, report would be sent to Sled uh, for them to look at it to make a determination. And to see if based on their... You know what? I just remembered. I had a nightmare about the Murdoch's last night. I think it's Laura's fault. Before I went to sleep, she put she put a uh, picture. Well, there was a recent, what do you call it, auction of the Murdoch's stuff from their house. And she put that on there. Showed some of the pictures. Like, did you see these creepy dolls? Like, No. She put the pictures and the dolls were creepy. Then I had a nightmare last night about the mother, about Miss Murdaugh. I can't remember what it was now, but it was it was bad. I dreamed that she had some kind of boyfriend on the side and some kind of information about about that was gonna go out, although was gonna go was gonna come out, although uh her having a boyfriend wasn't the reason why she was murdered at all. And in this dream, this is all dream. It's not even speculation, it's a dream. I don't claim to be a psychic. I don't think any of it's true. I'm just telling you what my dream was. And I think she had a boyfriend. 
It's not the reason why she was murdered, but her boyfriend did have information about what she knew that her husband was into. He knew about, you know, where, where some of the money was hidden, or at least where she thinks it went to as far as drug smuggling and uh, washing the money and things like that. But I don't, yeah, this gave me a weird dream, and I just, it came back to me. Independent investigation. Remember, they've just reopened this, and these uh, results, if that would add up to possibly pointing the finger at some individual or individuals point being responsible finger. for his death, other than just a hit and run, which would be uh, possibly seen as an accident. I know it's so hard, Jennifer, to, to know, but if you had to take a guess, do you think this remains a cold case? Or do you think this is just the beginning of something much, much more down the line? I think it's the beginning, and, and I'll tell you why. Initially, it was really just ruled a hit and run, case closed, buried, and, and you know, shoved to the side. I think as SLED begins their investigation and starts their witness interviews, I think hopefully there will be more answers. And we will stay on top of it and follow it. Uh, Jennifer Coffin-Daffer, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Goodbye. I hope I don't have to see you guys again. All right. All right. So I got this from Little Buster Boy. Is that the right name? Confused. Anyway, here it is. I'll even take my... I've tried my best to ignore the vicious rumors about my involvement in Stephen Smith's tragic death that continue to be published in the media as I grieve over the brutal murders of my mother and brother. I love them so much and miss them terribly. Didn't sound like it when he was talking with his dad about going to all his baseball games. Just saying. I haven't spoken up until now because I want to live in private while I cope with their deaths and my father's incarceration. Before, during, and since my father's trial, I have been targeted and harassed by the media and followers of the story. Those damn cyber sleuths. This has gone on far too long. These baseless rumors of my involvement with Stephen and his death are false, I tell you. I unequivocally, unequivocally deny any involvement in his death, and my heart goes out to the Smith family. I'm requesting that the media immediately stop publishing these defamatory comments and rumors about me. Especially Coffendoffer. Signed, Buster Murdoch. You heard it from here first, or second or third, whatever part that you heard it. There you go. You heard it. I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone line. Because otherwise, it's going to be a short show. Let's, let me play all these voicemails first. Hold on. Let me play all these voicemails. Hold on. Actually, this, this looks like Electra. Hey, Jerry. I'm calling in. It's Electra. I found the definition of crazy. And I love that song, by the way. The definition is mentally deranged, especially as manifested in a wild or aggressive way. Stella went crazy and assaulted a visitor. Extremely enthusiastic. I'm crazy about Cindy. 
So those are definitely two different definitions of crazy. But um, anyway, great show tonight. I really like the psychological um, deep dive into this James Holmes guy. He's not the porn star John Holmes, right? Okay, cool. All right, take care. Bye. All right. And after that, the phone line's open for your reflection. Phone line's now open, 325-261-0892. 325-261-0892. I'll tell you what else I'm going to do. In case you're living overseas, maybe somewhere, I don't know, in the UK, perhaps you just celebrated Mother's Day, maybe you might want to call in. I'll open up Discord so you can do it through Discord. So if you guys hear a lot of funny beeps and bleeps and beeps, that's what it is. Uh, Let me go ahead and move on to the next news story right here. This is quite interesting. I've had a lot of bad things happen happen to me lately from Microsoft, but let's check out this story right here. Headlines across Florida. A second person has been arrested in the high profile murder of a former Microsoft executive in Jacksonville. Jared Bridegin was gunned down last year right in front of his two year old daughter. Oh, Mario Fernandez, the husband of Bridegin's ex wife, has been indicted by a grand jury on multiple charges, including conspiracy to commit murder. Authorities declined to reveal details about his alleged involvement, but did confirm that he was the former landlord of Henry Tenyon, which is the man who allegedly pulled the trigger. Bradigan's wife called the arrest a great relief. We have great relief knowing that two of the people behind my husband's murders are now behind bars and are no longer a threat to our family. We are also still angry angry that they were walking free while we were grappling with the reality that Jared wouldn't be here for any future memories, vacations, or tender moments with our kids. Police have yet to release a motive for Brynagen's murder. This is more about that. We'll see. Additional arrests. You gotta be kidding me. Come on, man. Oh, man. Nobody cares about. Actually, that metal roofing looks pretty nice. Oh, no. Now they're doing roofing like they do siding. That's a bad idea. Use real metal roofing. Of Mario Fernandez Saldana for several charges related to Jared's murder. With that, I'm going to turn it over to ATF Special Agent. Bob Bryson. Thank you, sir. What up, Bob? My name is Bob Bryson. I'm a group supervisor here in Jacksonville, Florida. On behalf of the U.S. Department of Justice, we're glad to contribute ATF's expertise in violent crime investigations and forensics to help bring closure to a tragic case. Earlier today, ATF agents arrested Mario Fernandez Sadina in Orlando without incident about 9.35 a.m. After his arrest, he was transported to the Orange County Jail. The operation conducted was conducted with Orange County Sheriff's Department, Jacksonville Beach Police Department. These police officials sure like to congratulate themselves, don't they? And it is a solid example of great collaborative police work. 
Today's announcement is only possible because of the tireless course, efforts of our detectives, agents, and the prosecutors. ATF has been a part of this joint effort since day one, and we're glad to contribute our expertise in federal firearms laws in investigating violent gun-related crimes. To be sure, this investigation remains open and will continue. Everyone here shares a commitment to bring those responsible for Jared's murder to justice. Now I'll turn it over to State Attorney Willis Nelson. Thank you, Bob. Thank you all for being here today. Thank you, Chief Smith and Special Agent Bryson. My continued thanks to both your and ATF's teams who have worked hand in glove with our team Andy from the glove. very beginning of this investigation to get us here today. This morning, Henry Tenen pled guilty to murdering Jared Brightigan. Specifically, Tenen entered a plea of guilty to second degree murder with a weapon. Our investigation has revealed a single link between Jared Brightigan and Henry Tenen. That is Mario Fernandez Saldana. As part of Tenen's plea agreement, with the state of Florida, he has agreed to testify truthfully against those he worked with to murder Jared Brightigan. As I said in our last update on this matter, we know Henry Tenen did not act alone. And Tenen has confirmed this to be true. Tenen's cooperation has both corroborated evidence collected during the investigation and provided additional evidence against Mario Fernandez Saldana for his role in the planning and execution of Jared's murder. Mario Fernandez Saldana is the husband of Jared Brightigan's ex-wife, Shana Gardner. Immediately after Tenen's court appearance this morning, the Honorable Linda McCallum signed an arrest warrant for Fernandez Saldana for the charge of second-degree murder. After the warrant was signed, the lead prosecutor on this matter, Assistant State Attorney Christina Stifler, presented Fernandez Saldana's case to a Fourth Circuit grand jury and the grand jury has returned an indictment charging Fernandez Saldana with first-degree murder. We are here today feeling many emotions. We have great relief knowing that two of the people behind my husband's murders are now behind bars and are no longer a threat to our family. We are also still angry, angry that they were walking free while we were grappling with the reality that Jared wouldn't be here for any future memories, vacations, or tender moments with our kids. Angry that our youngest, who was six months at the time of his death, will have no memories of her father. Angry there will be no new memories for Liam, Abby, Exley, London, or anyone who knew and loved Jared. We have fought hard for the truth, and the world now knows what we have known all along, that Jared truly was an innocent victim. Since day one, those in charge of the investigation promised us that they would be relentless in their pursuit of accountability and justice, and they have been. We are grateful to the state attorney's office, Jacksonville Beach Police Department, the ATF, and any other agencies that have been involved in this investigation. I'm going to leave it there. Move on to the next story. This is, um, this is interesting. This is a meanwhile in Australia, 
video. I don't know. I keep getting these videos from Australia. I'm not sure who's sending them to me. But check this out, guys. This will be about three minutes. It was a normal traffic stop at first. License and registrations, please. Wow. Officer recognized someone in the car. Sir, in this car, can you please step out of the vehicle onto the left? Hey, partner, I've got this one. Person's day is about to get crazy. Officer and the driver both didn't see this coming. Have you been drinking tonight, sir? Uh, Can I please get you to come over here? Officer is making the most of the situation. Before he finally sets things straight. Um, how long have you known this woman for, sir? Uh, no. Still. Yeah, okay, okay. That's my wife, sir. That's your wife? That is my wife. Really? Well, I have no idea. I don't know what to say. It was his wife. Can you please stand back near your vehicle, sir? Mm. I can't believe this. I can't believe it either. So I'm going to need you to go back in your vehicle and you can leave. Let me go. Yes, yes, sir. You can leave before I get angry. Grab this off. Yeah, that's fine. What do you think he does with his wife? I'm trying to say before I go, we are both victims of her things. Don't worry, mate. It's not your fault. You're not the married woman who made Tinder. No worries, mate. damn Tinder! an Australian man handle the situation with his wife? You're about to see. How could you do this to me? Wasted seven years on this. You know what? Wait, you can call your mum and she can come pick you up wherever the hell we are. He's making her walk home. Yeah, I'm dead serious. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in tonight. We're going to be back tomorrow night. We're going to have a full show for you. You're going to like it. Until then, I'd like to say good night. God bless. DJ Electra, she did an interview with the band Combrio. She did that at the Wayfair in, let's see, where was it? Costa Mesa. And she wrote about it. You can read about it on our website, midnightrad.io. You're going to want to check out that and get the full you can get the full interview right there on our website in her article. Be back tomorrow. Until then, we'll get we'll get the show sharded tomorrow. All my best. <laughs>